Howdy, Rob Lee here, and we're going to get back to the truth in this art, but I want to do a little exercise with you. As you know, the truth in this art is an audio experience, so I'm going to ask you to do something a little different this time and visualize with me. I'm thrilled to reintroduce you to Forged Eatery, a true gem that captures the essence of farm-to-table dining in Baltimore. At Foraged Eatery, they have mastered the art of sourcing local and seasonal ingredients, resulting in a menu that will leave you in awe. Their commitment to quality and to flavor is simply unmatched. Picture yourself, see it's the visual, picture yourself uh, savoring their mushroom stew, a comforting and aromatic dish that transports you to a world of culinary bliss. The depths of flavor and the carefully selected ingredients will tantalize your taste buds. You can swap out and insert the focaccia, which is heavenly, or the irresistible cornmeal fried happy oysters. Each bite is a celebration of culinary mastery. Forged Eatery goes beyond being simply a restaurant. It's an immersive experience where the menu evolves with the seasons. Each visit promises a new and exciting experience for your taste buds, making every moment unforgettable. So, fellow food fans, fellow food lovers, it's time to discover the magic of Forged Eatery. Let their innovative approach to dining and their passion for locally sourced ingredients transport you to a world of culinary excellence. Don't miss out on an extraordinary dining experience. Plan your visit to Forge Eatery today and let your taste buds revel in the true flavors of the season. It's time to indulge in a gastronomic adventure that will leave you craving for more. For more information, visit forgedeatery.com. I am your host, Rob Lee. And today it is my pleasure to be in conversation with and to welcome my next guest. My guest has served on various boards, including the Board of Regents of Morgan State University and the Morgan State University Foundation. Go Bears! Uh, my guest is the Deputy Director at Baltimore Homecoming. Please welcome Matthew Reeds. Welcome to the podcast. It's going well. Thanks so much for having me on. Thank you for coming on. It, it's, it's great to um, to chat. I mean, I see things that I relate to in this this bio. You know, the information that I read, I scour the internet for all of this. But uh, <laughs> you know, I see proud Baltimorean. Check Morgan State. Check Polly. Uh, we're not going to dwell on. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, the, the the Hopkins connection as well. You know, so it's definitely um, I want to give you that space and that that opportunity to to introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about your background. And, you know, if you could pepper in there, you know, what led to the philanthropy and, and doing good, um, you know, in Baltimore. So the floor is yours. Of course. Well, again, thanks so much for having me on. Um, definitely an honor. Um, yeah, my name is Matthew Reeds. I'm originally from Baltimore. Um, and, and Rob, I went to the greatest high school in America, the Baltimore Polytechnic Institute. <laughs> um, I'm sure you went to City College since you have that uh, remark. <laughs> I can't Crazy. believe I just said it out of my mouth, actually, but <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm, like I said, I'm originally from the city, um, 
my mother uh, was a um, teacher in the city. Uh, my wife is currently a teacher as well um, and have always just been involved um, in education and always pushed higher to go to education. And so um, after I left Poly, I went to Morgan State, as you said, um, was very involved in the community there. Um, I also served on the Board of Regents there. So that was kind of like my first intro into like, what does a board mean? What is service? Um, and it was honestly a great experience. I had um, great mentors on the board. Um, uh, Elijah Cummings, um, who was on the board and um, Representative Kwasi and Fume and um, just leaders throughout Baltimore. And I think that that was one, a key touch point for me to really um, understand what service was. Um, I actually didn't start my career um, that way. I started my career on Wall Street at Goldman Sachs. So um, I left Baltimore for a little bit um, and realized that's not really what I wanted to do. Um, I really wasn't passionate about the work and decided I wanted to come back to the city. So I guess I had my own Baltimore homecoming experience. Um, and yeah, I worked in the mayor's office here. So I worked in the mayor's office of Children and Family Success, um, really helping to build partnerships within the community. And um, I like to say I really got involved in the nonprofit space through a lot of my mentors. Um, I um, My sister is autistic, and so I was really involved in a disability community within Baltimore um, and decided uh, we wanted to, me and my wife wanted to launch a fund to help fund scholarships for young adults who are autistic. So that's kind of how I got into the space. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, after the mayor's office, um, I went to business school full time at Johns Hopkins Carey Business School, um, just graduated in May. And then um, I um, accepted a position with Baltimore Homecoming, which uh, is really exciting what we're here to talk about. Um, and, yeah, I've always kind of just loved the work of the nonprofits throughout the city um, and just really fortunate to to be here in, in this role. So it's a little bit about me. <laughs> Well, you know, thank you for that and um, that that introduction and that that extra context and complexity there. And congratulations on the recent uh, graduation as well. Thank you. you. Thank you. <laughs> it was a journey. <laughs> Man, I, I tapped out at undergrad. I was like, all right, real Morgan. Peace out. You know? Yes, yes. It was a journey. <laughs> so we we have sort of the and this, and this might be uh some people may find it as a challenging question. I I think we all have our sort of, this is the public reason, you mm -hmm. know, like this is the one that sounds good on a bio as mm -hmm. to what our whys are. Um, so I'm gonna like give you a moment to think on that because I'm definitely asking that question. Um, but as I, I think about what my why is, right? My mm -hmm. why, you know, is, is two tiered, I think. They're, and both are true at, at the same time, there is, the sort of petty why I was like, nah, you're gonna be talking about Baltimore. I have you. And literally my head is moving and all of that, right? Yeah, and, yeah. And then the other side of it is what what kind of motivates and, and drives a lot of the work here because it is work. Um, you know, recently I've had more and more folks reach out to me asking, you know, for me to help teach sort of the next generation of podcasters and how to navigate and get into the space. And that's another thing that kind of drives it. Like, you know, there's the sort of, you know, petty egoic side of it, right? Of, yeah. hey, how dare you? But also there's the other side where it's like, how can I help people? How can I put people on? And that definitely 
it, it feels very true. It feels very real for me. And those are my whys, if you will. They're, you know, it's like you get the ice cream cone, you get the vanilla, and you get the yeah. chocolate swirl. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> so so for you, like, you know, do you, or and maybe you mentioned it in the, your, your introduction, but, you know, is that how you present your whys? How, what, what are your whys as it comes to, like, the work that you're doing? It's not always positive. It's not always negative. It's not always neutral. But what are your whys? Of course, great question. Uh, for me, um, is, it was actually really soul searching that I took, um, as I mentioned, when I took the first position, like right after undergrad, I didn't really know why I took that position. Um, I, like you said, like I was just um, really just trying to come into myself, understand who I was. Um, throughout that process, I did a lot of um, digging and I really understood my why to be as a connector um, and to really help uh, organizations and to really help connect them and connect things across the city. And so um, as I, you know, come into this role, that's really what Baltimore Homecoming does is really a huge relationship engine, really helping connecting those within the city. Um, because I do think there's definitely strength in us all working together and for, you know, and for um, organizations to really exist to help be that connection point. And so um, that's really what inspires me. Like I love Baltimore because, you know, when I run into somebody like a small Samore, you run into somebody, you're always connecting people. And what I love about the city is that uh, people are always willing to help and reach out. And so I, I definitely feel like that's a part of my why as well, to be able to always be available for others and to really be a giver and helper. and um, like I said, it doesn't always have to be something large and big, but you know, it could be very small. I, I love those acts of service and doing things for others. And so um, that's really my why. Thank you. Wow, that's that's great. And it almost sounds like the, the the social community love language right there. It's like, the yeah. service, I heard that. <laughs> yes, the access service. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, so let's 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 dive deeper into uh, Baltimore Homecoming. Like, you know, give us sort of the you know we like to have the official, but we like to have the paraphrased or what have you, right? So, yep. you provide an overview of what Baltimore Homecoming is and its significance um, with, within the city within Baltimore. Of course, no. So thanks so much for that. So uh, Baltimore Homecoming launched in 2018. Um, it's a nonprofit organization throughout the city. Um, and really what Baltimore Homecoming strives to do is to mobilize accomplished Baltimoreans um, that are across the world um, and to really to help those alumni to spark new collaborations and to drive new investments into Baltimore's future. Um, so the way that I like to simplify that is basically a relationship engine throughout the city, um, really helping relationships to take place. Um, and we really do this through our community partners um, and the alumni community that we're building. They really help and they help and support community partners that are on the ground doing the work every day. Um, and so yeah, we do this through various different ways of con uh, connecting with Baltimore alumni, um, through different phone calls, connection points. Um, we also host different regional events throughout, this, uh, throughout the country um, to engage Baltimore alumni um, that aren't in Baltimore. So um, yeah, it's, it's, that's our mission. Um, it's really exciting because, um, like I said, I just started this role in March and going across the country and listening to Baltimore alumni who have left the city, gone on to do great things, and just to see how much they care and are invested in the city. That's really um, untapped, um, you know, potential that the city can kind of harness to drive change. So um, 
that's what Baltimore Homecoming does. Like it, I like it. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so you, you you touched on it. You you joined in the position of uh, deputy director in March. I like to say GDEP. There yep. you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and I think when we we move into a a new role, whenever I start a new role, new opportunity, I'm coming into it with a fresh set of eyes, a different perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously there's that alignment with what your values are and sharing a bit of your story and, and Baltimore homecoming and that focus. So what would you say your your main focus and responsibilities are in your role? And like, you know, really, what was your process? And because it's just still super fresh, obviously, your yeah. process and kind of like building out what you plan to do in your role. Like I know some folks like to do what a listening tour. And, yeah. and all of that sort of stuff. So she'll share a bit about that with us. Of course. Um, yeah. So um, my main focus within the organization is running our two community um, programs. So we have the Homecoming Hero Awards and we have the Crab Tank Pitch Competition. And I'll share more about those later. Um, but um, those are the two responsibilities um, really to help drive um, impact within the city um, and to amplify the work that people are doing throughout the city already. Um, and when I first started, um, similar to what you said, I did do a listening tour. Um, but uh, what I, I think is was most important in this role as well is not just doing the list, like not just doing a listening tour, like hearing what people have to say, but really bringing people together and having those dialogues and conversations. Um, and so we've been able to do community partner mixers to, you know, get that feedback around what is going well in our community, some things that we can improve in as well, um, and to be able to drive collaborations. And really, for me, I think uh, what's important in this role is to be able to understand the community partners' needs, um, understand what's going on and their spaces and being able to translate that to real actionable outcomes for our alumni. So I took a lot of time to do that. Um, And yeah, I took also a lot of time coming into this role, uh, just building relationships. Um, You know, obviously in this work, uh, relationship building is crucial. And so taking a lot of time to um, go to go to organizations, see what their operations look like day to day, see where they are in the city, um, and to see for myself, um, you know, different things that we as Baltimore Homecoming can do to help uh, partner and support um, their work. And so, um, yeah, that's kind of how I approach the work. I think that um, it's important to also put yourself in uh in you know different community partners um shoes and to really like understand things from their experiences as well and so you know it's easy to do a listening tour hear what's said and you know not really act upon that but um it's another thing to take it to another level and to really like meet them where they are and to learn about their day-to-day as well thank you and and, and going back a little bit you know because i think it connects to that that last point there i think you know, Baltimore, as you said, small Baltimore. It's not huge, right? But at the yeah. same time, it feels really decentralized at times. And you know, like, let me guess: East Baltimore, or West Baltimore. Which one is which one? Which one for you? East, East, Thank definitely you. East. <laughs> oh, so it's it's that kind of thing. Man, I don't go over West. Is yeah. that so? <laughs> right, right. They're twenty minutes away. They're, they're right. twenty minutes. <laughs> so I I think that in in terms of how resources are allocated, how collaborations, how partnerships, all of these different things happen, it it, it needs like entities or even podcasts, for lack of a better term, to try to like, hey, you know, this is in your city. 
you should, mm-hmm. you should check this out and, you know, kind of increase that sort of awareness around that. Um, what would you say in, in doing, you know, being, being the proud Baltimore and being here for the majority of your life, right? What are some of the things that, that you've learned, like, since you've been in this role that like, this was hiding in plain sight the entire time? <laughs> yeah. Good question. I think um, definitely what I've learned so far in this role is that um, people do want to um, people do want to collaborate and people do want to work together. I think there is a mechanism that needs to be a mechanism to kind of help those collaborations to take place. Um, I think uh, within our Homecoming Heroes program too, um, there has been a lot of collaboration between our Homecoming Heroes of them working together. I don't think it's a matter of um, organizations not wanting to work together. I think it's just the manpower to actually coordinate and to do all these different things. And so um, that's what um, part of what Baltimore Homecoming does too, is to help to amplify the work that people are doing. Because a lot of the times, you know, you're in a a nonprofit organization, you're in the day to day, you don't really have time to step back and to think, you know, um, you know, how can we, you know, amplify the work that we're doing? How can we help to get media opportunities? How can we, you know, um, strategize, do all these different things. And so I think that that's where um, homecoming um, has a unique opportunity because that's essentially what we're doing. We're allowing a platform for um, for our homecoming heroes to be able to talk about the work that they do. But also beyond that, um, we also, you know, the relationship doesn't end after they attend Baltimore homecoming. Like we help support them. We bring them to different regional events and we're always thinking about uh, different collaboration opportunities as well. So, um, yeah, I think that that's what I've learned so far in this role is that um, I think, you know, Baltimore, we're doing great. Like I think a part of what homecoming does as well is we want to help change the narrative around Baltimore and how think great things aren't happening because great things are happening in the city um, and people do care about the city and care about uh, the work that they do. I think it just, you know, takes a level of stepping back and, you know, amplifying what, what's going on instead of all the negativity. So, <laughs> yeah, it sounds like aligned values. I mean, who said yeah. that uh, city and poly? <laughs> it, it felt really weird coming out, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> So you, you touched on a little bit earlier, um, so I definitely want to dive in on this. Um, so Baltimore Homecoming consists of several programs. Can you tell us a bit about the Crab Tank Pitch Competition and the uh, Homecoming Hero Awards Program and how do you contribute to the, the overall goals of Baltimore Homecoming? Of course. Yeah, thanks so much. Um, so I'll start with talking a little bit about our Homecoming Hero Awards. Um, so really, our Homecoming Hero Awards were created to uplift um, the people within the city who are leaders and doers within the communities. Um, T. Rowe Price is our sponsor for um, Homecoming Hero Awards and the Baltimore Banner is our media partner. Um, and really the way that this works is that each year we put out a public call for nominations. We ask the Baltimore community, you know, who are the people leaders and do people leaders and doers within the community um, and we recognize those individuals um, with the $5,000 awards to help support them in their organization Um, but then also we um, 
allow the top five finalists to tell their stories on the homecoming stage um, and with our alumni community who are there. And so um, the benefit of that is that, you know, through this, we're able to kind of highlight their stories, but afterwards we're able to um, continue to stay in touch with them to um, filter whether it's media opportunities, mentorship, um, alumni who might be interested in donating in their organization, um, different workshops or anything that we have resources to, we pour back into our homecoming heroes. And so um, that's really our homecoming heroes program. Uh, right now, voting is actually, we're actually live with voting uh, for our homecoming heroes at baltimorehomecoming.com slash vote heroes 23. Check them all out. They're really amazing. Uh, I've had the pleasure to meet all of them and they're just awesome. Um, they are really committed and are very diverse and very committed to the city. And so um, I'm very excited for our Homecoming Heroes this year. Um, and as you mentioned as well, we also host the Crab Tank Pitch Competition. Uh, so that launched in 2019. Um, m Bank is our sponsor and Baltimore Business Journal is our media sponsor. Um, and really the Crab Tank pitch competition is a play on Shark Tank uh, for those who have seen it. <laughs> it really is a really a platform to spotlight small and medium-sized businesses throughout the city. Um, and the cash prize is $25,000 for the pitch competition. And um, new something that was new this year that we did with Crab Tank is that we also had a public voting um, component to it as well, where people in the community could also vote on the businesses that they felt uh, were really, you know, doing doing a lot of change within the community um, and also really committed to Baltimore. And so, um, yeah, we're really excited to announce our finalists for Crab Tank soon as well. That's great. That's great. I can almost see sort of, you know, Crab Tank, just someone like, yeah, so pitch it to me, but with all of the Baltimore accent in terms yes, of, yes. Like, right, dummy. So, like, yo. Yes, you need all the accent or, or it wasn't a pitch if you didn't have the accent in it. How many Orioles jerseys are here? What are we doing? <laughs> So, so speak a little bit more on like the the impact. We always hear about that. I mean, we just got out of um, some folks' fiscal year, mid-year for, I think, just, you know, mid-calendar year, but wrapping up fiscal year for many folks. And we see these impact statements and, and things of that nature coming out. But I think there's a little bit more value in some of the stories that come out. And yeah. granted, you know, you've been there for only a few months at this juncture, but, you know, has there been any stories or outcomes shared or that you've witnessed that, you know, really like really pop for you? Of course. Um, yeah. So there has been a lot of impact that's come out of this. Um, one story that I like to share um, that I always found really impactful. Oh, sorry. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, perfect. Um, yeah, so one um, story that I really like to share is um, Anna Rodney. Um, she's the executive director of Mom Cares, and at Baltimore Homecoming, she met Lance Reddick, who's an actor, uh, and you know, actually recently passed, and he was in The Wire. Um, and uh, Baltimore Homecoming created a platform for the for them to meet. And so um, Anna, through meeting with Lance, she was able to obviously gain a lot of um, social capital because he would obviously post that he was with her, talk about the organization, uh, which led to a lot of donations to her organization for her to go um, to increase her staff um, within her organization uh, to be able to really um, go to the next level with the work that she does with um, women uh, within the city. And so 
I, you know, I like to use that example because I think that that's one of the most powerful things that Baltimore Homecoming does is, like I mentioned before, a relationship engine, being able to put people in a room where they normally would not have met before um, and to really uh, invest within the city um, and for different individuals to really see the work um, that people are on the ground are actually doing day in and day out. Um, and so I think that that's what really is um, unique about Baltimore Homecoming is that we're able to bring a diverse group of people together and want them to be able for collaborations to happen. So um, that's one example. And also through our regional events that we've hosted throughout this year, we've gone to Philly, Boston, New York, um, LA, all over. Um, we've seen some outcomes from that too. Um, you know, people who are interested in serving on boards, people who are interested in, in giving. And so I'm um, really excited about our regional events and being able to meet Baltimoreans where they are. And to I like to say, bring Baltimore on the road and, um, you know, bring our homecoming heroes and our crafting entrepreneurs with us um, for them to be able to see the work that's happening in Baltimore. They don't have to leave their doorstep. And so um, I think our regional event model that we've been doing has been really successful. That's, that's dope. And yeah, I, I do I do a similar thing. You know, I had this uh, the series that, you know, coming back soon, but every Friday would be Fridays so fulfilling. I go up there, I do those interviews, connect those dots. And, you know, I do the um, I'm a Baltimore evangelist. Whenever I leave the city and I go elsewhere, you know, I'll hear people like, you know, hit me up that I've interviewed in other cities. I'm like, yo, Rob, I'm in Baltimore. You were right. It's fire. And I love that that's that's really what it is that's that's the work and that's the point of it and again that's that's that alignment so i really am digging um what you're putting down i'm picking up what you're putting down that's the saying right Thank you. i love it i love very it corny. <laughs> very corny saying, but it's the same. <laughs> so i got two more real questions here i would definitely want to like you know pitch to you pitch say pitch no? there you uh, go <laughs> Many local organizations and institutions are involved in supporting both programs, uh, both programs of uh, Baltimore Homecoming. Uh, how do you engage, like continue to engage throughout the year, um, specifically at the Activate uh, 2023 event? Of course. Um, so, yes, we have a lot of local organizations who help to support um, both of our programs. So um, for our Homecoming Heroes, like I mentioned, we have um, T. Rowe Price involved in the Baltimore Banner. We also have a selection committee of um, community leaders, people who are um, really committed to wanting to the Homecoming Heroes program to be great, but also people who are really in the community doing the work. Um, and you know, we're really excited for all those organizations who are a part of Homecoming Heroes. Um, we also, for our Homecoming Heroes, we have pitch coaches um, where we help support them um, through their storytelling sessions to help them to be to tell their story better um, and to, you know, connect them with different resources throughout the city as well. And so we do that throughout the year. Um, for Crab Tank, um, similar thing. We're also happy that m and Bank is a sponsor. Um, we also host a workshop for um, our pitch competition where we invite uh, local business owners, uh, people in the tech community, startup community, um, et cetera, to help um, coach our crab tank entrepreneurs so that they can have the best pitch possible. Um, and like I said, we also, we always invite them to different events throughout the city, um, different things that either we're hosting or that one of our partners are hosting so that we can continue to build that community. That's great. You know, it's, it's one of those yeah. things where you know, I find like a lot of times folks just aren't aware or 
you know, they're they're not getting an invite or, or something along those lines. But when you continue to foster that relationship and I, I like one of the things you said earlier, and I'll, I'll paraphrase it a little bit where it's like, oh, no, no, you're an, you're an alum. You're always part of the, the network. Here. Yes. That's not yes. And, you know, and, and that's kind of how I think these relationships that sort of secret sauce, especially, you know, if we're being frank about it, when it comes to folks that look like you and me, mm-hmm. it's just like, all right, did you, you get that invitation? You you in the know what, what's good. And right. that's, oh, you, you bring that back to sort of maybe people that aren't always right there on the radar. So having right. community focus, it really broadens it. it. It allows, you know, opportunities to connect. Someone may have because many of the names that you've mentioned. Right. I've interviewed, you know, like. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and and it's it's important to be really be able to help, you know, folks share their stories and, you know, see what comes out of it, because mm-hmm. these are the people that are doing the work. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, let's see. Speaking this, this is I got I got one more after that. I just just added a question. Yeah, yeah. So, of course, so of course. speaking of the Activate uh, 2023 event, can you provide some of the insights like, you know, that folks can expect or what they can look forward to if they're attending? Like, give us a give us a little bit of that. And, you know, it's, a teaser. it's almost like the trailer. A little sneak peek. A little sneak peek. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Um, so we're really excited this year um, to, again, bring back our alumni community um, in October of this year. And our theme this year is Baltimore Homecoming Activate. Um, last year we had Baltimore Homecoming Amplify. And so the way that we think about it was last year really amplifying connections. This year we want to activate those connections to make meaningful change within the city. Um, so what you can expect this year is that we will have um, dinners where people are connecting, engaging, and um, people are also connecting with our homecoming heroes, our crab tank entrepreneurs, um, to be able to drive those investments throughout the city. And so we'll have one day that's really um, focused on um, small groups, uh, intermingling dinners, et cetera, for the community to be able to get to know each other. Um, and then the following day, we will have we will present our 2023 homecoming heroes and our 2023 Crab Tank pitches. And so you, um, our alumni community actually gets to witness um, all the things, great things that are going on across the city. Um, and then after that, we um, have some exciting news as well coming soon. Uh, and then we will um, also have, um, you know, lunches and things like that for people to connect. And so um, we're really excited for that. Um, and we will also have a, a CEO roundtable where we will be um, uh, convening CEOs across the city to talk about some of the changes within Baltimore and some things that are upcoming. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited for it. Right. Love it. So this is the, the last real question and yeah. it goes a little something like this. It's almost like, I don't know how old you are, but it's like, you know, back in the day, it's like, want to hear it, here it go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's, not good. it's not good at all. Uh, so you've had a career that has had service and, and, and making those connections, philanthropy, all of these really cool community oriented things at the forefront. Um, what would you what is your number one like piece of advice that that? Well, I guess you can frame it as a piece of advice, but what has been something that's been a consideration for you to be successful at what you do to have that sort of longevity? And maybe that serves as the advice. So what would you kind of offer up in that area? That's a great question. Um, I think for me personally, like, I think one thing that I've done 
throughout my career is just to be genuine and to make genuine connections with folks and not really have ulterior motive or, you know, want anything from that, but really to just serve to serve. Um, a lot of things that I've done have been volunteer opportunities or, you know, just trying to get to understand someone or something and you know a job opportunity might have come out of that or you know something later down the down the road as well so i would say to just you know if there's a particular area of service that you're really interested in like just go all in with it um and i think within baltimore is really easy to do because there's so many different organizations there's so many things to get involved with um and continue to just maintain those relationships that you are um building throughout your time of serving um i know that that has really helped me as well and to be able to identify um mentors who can really help support me in my career development and my growth so um that's that's the advice that i would give yeah that's great as a um, it's, it's one to grow on too. As a as a person who doesn't really seek out uh, mentors, but always asks to be a mentor. By the way, which is really, yeah. uh, I I you know there, it's very rare. I have like maybe three folks that I look forward to for for mentorship, and it's yeah. come out of doing this podcast. To be honest with yeah. you, and it's just like there was a connection that was there, and I never wanted to be like one side like tell me everything and then you can right. die off now i'm done with you i'm good exactly right it's just like how can you know it's like how can we be of service how can we be useful to each other and you know when yeah. those opportunities come now and they feel like they're framed in that direction that's mm -hmm. that's what i lead with that's you know yeah. not i don't try to fashion it that way i think it's too hierarchical for for, for me yeah. um but I just try to, you know, make myself useful. And one of the things you you said earlier is being available too. Yeah. You know, I try to try to do that. And it's corny because I'm an Aquarius, and I don't say it. I yeah. uh, I like to ride that wave. I ride the wave <laughs> of, of service. Yeah. yeah. There you go. <laughs> so I got I got like five questions. I've been adding and adding while we've been talking. I got five rapid fire questions. Of course, I love it. I love it. So I'm going to lead off with. Um, with, with this one, because I have my different hacks and my way of going about things. Um, like it might be a scheduled email. It might mm -hmm. be um, like stacking things at that idea. What is mm -hmm. your favorite time hack? Because you're a very busy individual. You were saying like, yeah, I started and I was wrapping up school. And I was like, look, I've <laughs> gone with wrapping up school and having a job. Those two things are very, especially onboarding and all. That's a very, yes. so what's your, your favorite time hack? How do you make things fit when it comes to time? That's a great question. Um, you know, someone gave me this advice a, a while ago, um, and it really helped me a lot is, um, you know, we always get the questions around like time management, like work life balance, like all these different things. I like to look at it as if, you know, as a blend, like sometimes your personal life is just going to be more demanding and that's going to have to ramp up. And then sometimes work is more demanding and that has to ramp up. So I think, well, definitely for me, um, I'm definitely an early riser. Like I'm up like 4.45, like every day. <laughs> you just see space. I'm like up. Um, but unlike, you know, most people, I don't like check my email, like, you know, do all those different things. Like I really just use that as a time to just think and to just, you know, pray, like just to get myself together and to really um, center myself for the day, you know, exercise, workout, um, however that. Um, and then, you know, I, 
I like to watch the news. I like to know what's going on in Baltimore. Um, and then, yeah, I think, uh, you know, obviously, you know, calendar management is big for me. Like I'm Google calendar is my best friend. So <laughs> if it's, my friends know that if it's not on Matthew's calendar, he's just not going to show up. So, um, <laughs> Same. that's, you're right. Exactly. So, yeah, so that's, um, how I kind of manage it. And, um, I think just being, you know, open and honest and not really separating like my personal or my professional life, like, you know, just having those open conversations. Like if I'm dealing with things at home, that is going to take more of my time, just being open about that at work. And then at work, if things are going, you know, if I have a lot going on, just being open with that at home. And so that has really helped me a lot. I think when I first started my career, I tried to separate the two, like tried to be like, Oh, like, and just get to a point where it's like enough is enough. Like I can't do that anymore. And um, yeah, I would say those are like my, my calendar hacks. <laughs> I dig it. Um, as a person that's able to juggle many things, you're always looking for that, that new hack. And, yeah, you know, I, I did this, uh, this talk, I want to say at the end of, of 2022 for creative mornings and we, we wrapped up and for context, I put out 333 episodes last year. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. And, and people were like, so when are you taking a break? Though? Exactly. Like, right. It's going to be productive, man. It's like, yeah, man, do it, man. <laughs> and they're like, no, no, you need to take a break. You're going to burn yourself out. So, you know, I made this this effort to try to, and, and part of this goes to the conversation I had with um, with Dalali from Fearless of like, what's that cadence? Oh, and, yeah. and started to like, look at, all right, I'm going to do maybe, and I'm planning this out for this sort of next series of, mm-hmm. all right, I'm going to do maybe two months of recording, but not overdo it. And then take yeah. like a month off, two months of recording, then a month off. So these yeah. sort of quarterly baked in periods of nothing, yeah. absolutely nothing. And yeah. really kind of, you know, it's almost, um, you know, you, you mentioned like fitness a moment ago. It's almost like when you're doing different levels of intensity, when you're doing your cardio or what have you, it's like, I can't go full bore for the entire 30 minutes. Exactly right. I can do thir- bursts of like one minute or, or 30 seconds of really right. all out and then back to something that's a little bit more normal. Right, so right. really, really thinking it because, you know, like you said, it waxes and wanes what the needs are. And there's only so much uh, energy and output and all of that stuff that we really have to um, attend to those things. Yeah. And I think to add to that, too, that has had me thinking, like, I wasn't always the best at this, but I've definitely gotten better over the years around delegation, like just realizing, hey, I'm only one person. I can only be in one place at one time. I'll be trying to, like, be in two places at one time, like trying to go from this to that, like, and just learning to delegate, like, you don't have to, you know, be the leader of everything. You don't have to be in every council, every task force, everything, you know. Um, just picking and choosing what is really important for you to really involve your time with. Um, and then just recommending a friend that would be great if you can't do it. And instead of saying yes, you know, you really can't do it. Just saying, hey, I can't right now. I have a friend that'd be really great in this. So that's, good. that's what I've learned to do. So the, these next two, I think it's going to get us back on track because I know some people, some people listen to like the rapid fire portion. It's like, where's the rapid fire part? Rob is talking to me. <laughs> uh, no, no. So, so I got the two here that I think are going to be very, very quick ones. Uh, what's your favorite color? Favorite color? Um, this is a, so I'm going to give it's not a favorite color, but a favorite oh, troll. mix. 
I love orange and blue because of Polly. <laughs> absolutely trolled. <laughs> I knew it was coming. I thought you were going to say, Leah, I like Polly blue and orange. <laughs> but I also like it because it's Morgan colors too. So I feel like from high school to college, those are all the colors that I accumulated within my wardrobe. So yeah. So inevitably became my favorite colors. <laughs> I'll, I'll throw this shirt in your direction because it, it works as well. So I had <laughs> black and city orange uh, for, for high school. And then oh God, uh, that's orange. I, I, I swapped over and I, you know, did the uh, the Morgan State color colorway, as it were. And then upon graduate, actually, while it was concurrent, while I was at Morgan, I worked for the Orioles as well. Oh, wow. So you really had that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gang, gang, gang. Always black yes. and orange. Let's go. Yes. Uh, <laughs> What is your all-time favorite Baltimore food? You know, we all have our things. And, you yeah. know, it's it's about, you know, culture and all of that stuff. And it's almost the real Baltimorean test a little bit. Yeah, well. sure. Mine is definitely the egg custard snowball I had one yesterday. Okay, we might be friends again because that's, that's, <laughs> that's my favorite flavor there. That's definitely my favorite Baltimore thing, snowball. Um yeah, I was actually talking to my wife the other day. I'm like, it would be nice if I had like a snowball machine, but I'm not. <laughs> if I find one, it might it might be dangerous. But <laughs> at one point, uh, I was working on having an official snowball flavor because, oh, wow. like, I like a really distinct combination. I have no problem with sharing it because I'm sure it's just very low rent. But I like what I like, right? And yeah. I, I I was calling it the Wave Daddy. I have a jersey that okay. reads that, by the way. It's an Orioles jersey, so black and city orange. Uh, oh, gosh. <laughs> uh, it's an A custard snowball, and it has a bit of the um, coconut-like flavor as well. Mm. And a little bit of the fluff. It is delicious. That sounds good. That does sound good. Oh, man, you might have me going to today to get another it. and, and put it out there in the zeitgeist like yeah i want to have one of those rob lee snowballs you're like what is that? <laughs> there you go. this is how i got a coffee at one point uh, <laughs> how do you how do you approach um networking um i've always because I, I went to a business i went to morgan's like business school or have you and great education mm -hmm. all the good stuff but you know i'm very tall and i can be very <laughs> imposing looking so of me walking try to network it's like why is Bayer talking to me? I'm, I'm right. six, I'm six four for context. So, you know, what is your approach to networking? Are you more of a person that connects with that one person and really makes that connection? Like, not necessarily when you're working, but you know, just generally speaking, are you, mm -hmm. you know, making that one person connection, or are you one of those I can work a room? Um, definitely extroversion and work a room, I would say. <laughs> um, but I think, like, I also think it depends. Like, I think. Um, you know, having graduated business school too, like everyone's always like network, 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 um, which I feel like in Baltimore, like, you know, like I said, it's Baltimore, everyone kind of does know each other and in a way, you know, working together or doing things together, like paths just kind of cross. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think my approach now to networking and meeting new people is really just to like, um, understand their stories. Like I might just grab a coffee with them. It's more like one-on-one, -on -one, I would say. Um, just to be able to understand, you know, them, like their story and just maintaining that, like, you know, if I see an interesting article that, you know, maybe they are, you know, 
um, I'm just using an example because this is fresh on my mind, but you know, if they're in the nonprofit space and they might do something around health, like, and you know, I might send them an article that I see that's like, oh, like saw this article might be interesting to you. So I guess long story short, figuring out ways how I can add value to people. And it doesn't always, I think when people think add value, it doesn't always have to be like, I'm delivering you some big project or whatever, but maybe I'm just giving you an article, a new article to think about, or maybe um, when you just crossed my mind, I just sent you a text. Hey, hope all is well, just checking in um, and just being genuine and not, you know, only reaching out when you need something or, you know, you know, you, you're trying to figure out something. But um, I've also uh, approached it where just getting to like pick people's brains, I found has really been helpful for me. Um, so that's where at the stage I think I am on my networking journey now, like getting coffee, um, wanting to understand, uh, you know, someone's thought process and like how they think about things. Because yeah. um, honestly, that could help me in my work. But then also just, you know, it might not even be about work, like it might be like, how did you navigate this issue? Like, you know, so, yeah, I don't say I mix between both, but the extra version definitely comes out if there's like a larger room and like seeing multiple people like that will that will definitely come out for sure. <laughs> yeah, like, um, I, I find it. And thank you. That's that's really good. Um, I, I just I just send memes to people. That's, that's all I do. It's like, <laughs> wild, son. Well, but, I mean, hey, that's still connecting. <laughs> but, but I think the other thing is like kind of recognizing like what one is or how one approaches things. Like, I know that I'm a, a shy extrovert, which is, yeah. is very interesting. And yeah. folks will say, how are you shy if you do a podcast? I'm like, <laughs> because I have this glass in front of me preventing person-to-person <laughs> -person interaction, but it's right. you know, better at it. But I think it's, it's again, sort of the, the fitness and the, the, the muscle thing. You're building that muscle. The right. more that you're, you're doing it and the more that you have access to those sort of opportunities to be in front yeah. of a room, to, to be at a table, as it were, you're able to really figure out like, all right, small wins this is how yeah. you navigate you 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 don't talk about uh you know whatever happened at this particular thing that's probably super embarrassing but it's top of mind right. for whatever reason and, right you know kind of like what are the topics to to talk about in these sessions but you have to be exposed to it i suppose yeah now this is true. the this is the last one and we talked about it a little bit before we got started with the actual recording Okay. What is your go-to activity for relaxation or self-care? I love this. Uh, <laughs> I'm a big proponent of self-care. Um, so go-to activity is definitely riding my bike. You probably will see me around Baltimore an area doing that at some point. <laughs> um, but I would say that's definitely my go-to <clears throat> activity. Uh yeah, I think like riding my bike just allows me to just like, you know, disconnect fully, like, you know, I'm fully concentrated on what I'm doing. So that's really relaxing to me. Um, and I also like to watch Survivor. I will, you know, I'm a big Survivor fan. So that also relaxes me as well, watching Survivor and, you know, all of that. So I would say one of those two things. <laughs> oh, the backstabbing the Survivor? How dare you? Wow, it's just so, <laughs> so unexpected, Matthew. <laughs> I know, maybe it's like the political, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but it's, it's something about it that gets me. <laughs> those Morgan alumni and their reality shows, I mean, uh, <laughs> we had a show in, in the in, in a grave school that we would watch that's now like defunct, redacted, and 
canceled, as it were, <laughs> because I didn't involved <laughs> in it. And I was just like, all right, this is, I hope boardrooms aren't really like this because I'm five. And it turned out to be nice. Uh, so that's pretty much it with the real questions. And um, one, I want to thank you for, for coming on and, and spending some time and sharing a bit about Baltimore Homecoming with us and, and a bit of your story. And um, I want to offer up the opportunity for you to share in the final moments, anything you want to share, anything you feel like we didn't really um, key in on, um, social media, website, all of that good stuff. In these final moments, the floor is yours. Of course. No, again, thanks so much for having me on. Um, to learn more about Baltimore Homecoming and the work that we're doing, feel free to follow us on social media, Baltimore Homecoming, uh, and our website as well, BaltimoreHomecoming.com. Uh, subscribe to our newsletter so that you can keep up all the data around what our homecoming heroes and entrepreneurs are doing. And uh, no, I really enjoyed this time, this this podcast, and, you know, had a great time. <laughs> and there you have it, folks. I want to again thank Matthew Reeds from Baltimore Homecoming for coming on to the podcast and spending a bit of time with me. And for Matthew Reeds, I'm Rob Lee saying that there's art, culture, and community in and around Baltimore. You've just got to look for it. Thank you.